Corey Heat. There we go. Good morning. Wow. So I wrote my notes way before Jason did. I just have to tell you. And he started his sermon out last week saying, wow. And um, I was going to take it out because he stole that word from me. But uh, I decided there's no other word that fits standing up here before you today. Wow, Kingwood. It is so good to be home. And um, I'm just telling you, he said last week that he was, uh, the last time he was on stage, he was rappelling from the ceiling. Well, I just have to say and put this out there, since it's Mother's Day, go women, that I was the first girl to rappel out of the ceiling (laughs) in this church. I don't even know if we still do that, because insurance probably won't let us, I don't know. (laughs) We did a lot of things that probably insurance didn't cover back in the day. (laughs) But we made it, praise the Lord. It's such a good day to be here. I can't tell you how excited that I am. You know, Kingwood is a place where lives are changed. And we have heard of some incredible stories since being here. You guys have been on some incredible missions trips. You guys have celebrated reaching into the community. And you just celebrated taking on our 100th missionary. That's huge. Kingwood Church is just rich in legacy. And you know what is more important than just that individual life? It's the generational legacy that Kingwood is leaving. And by me standing here before you today, I represent that generational legacy. For those of you that are are a little bit newer, maybe like within the last 10 to 15 years, um, my parents raised me in this church. They brought me to nursery. They brought me to kids' church. They brought me to youth. They made sure that I was in church. Even though my dad couldn't make it all the time because of work, I was in church. And they not only left me in church, they also raised Jesus in our home. They preached Jesus. They taught Jesus. Parents, I'm telling you this morning that not only teaching it at home is important, but bringing your kids to church is important. You know, I can stand here today and, and, and I'm amazed when I hear Pastor Jason's story. Every time I hear it, I just I think, wow, what an amazing story of grace. And, and a lot of times I've thought to myself, you know, I don't have that great of a story. I, I, my testimony is not as powerful as his. But you know, God taught me one time. He stopped me and he said, your story is what every parent, every mom wants to be able to share for their child's life. Because they taught me the word of God at home, and they brought me to church. I never had to experience a big, huge, pivotal moment in my life where I was coming back to God. I served Jesus from as early as I can remember. And that's my testimony. It's short, it's sweet, but I'm so thankful for it. Amen. You know what is... Just um, one thing that we all go through, and Pastor Jay said it beautifully. By the way, we have an amazing pastor at this church. Pastor Jay, thank you. 
And let me pause for just a moment and also say how amazing our pastor's wife is. Stacy. you carry the grace of motherhood, and we are so grateful for you. You know, every time you talk about Tyler O'Connor in front of Stacy, she just lights up with the love of a mother, and she carries that grace so beautifully. And she's an incredible example to us of love from a mother. But you know, one thing that we all face, no matter where we're at in life, is the storm. Just because I served Jesus from the time I can remember, I remember praying with my mom one night at her bedside, five years old, to accept Jesus in my life. I've not been safe from the storms of life. I've always served Jesus. I wasn't a perfect kid. I wasn't a perfect teen. I wasn't a perfect adult. I'm still not. I'm still discovering life here on earth. But God has been with me in those storms. He took my life before I even decided the path that I wanted to go. And he saved me by his amazing grace. And because of his presence in my life, no matter what storm I've ever faced, as a mom, as a person, as a human being, I've been able to walk through it with peace, limitless peace. You know, let's read together. The sermon series that we're talking about, it's the stage is set by this scripture in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11. Let's read that together. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives are not small, but you're living them in a way that is small. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly, expansively. You know, during this sermon series, we've been talking about thinking outside of our normal mind, thinking outside of our human brain. You know, most of our life consists of birth, to death. And that's our paradigm from birth to death. But God has renewed our mind. And we can see things not as the world sees them, but we can see them through God's eyes. And that's what this scripture is talking about. You know, I was um, this weekend, we had an interesting, an interesting weekend. <laughs> we live in Pea Ridge, as most of y'all have heard. And in Pea Ridge, we have chickens. And uh, you look outside in the yard every once in a while, and you see them running across the yard. They're like dogs. If you walk out, they'll follow you along, begging for food. They're pets. And so I'm just, since we've been back, I've been like, I love animals. And so every time I get around one, I try to pet them. You know, they're our babies. We love these animals like they're a little dog. And I videotaped Jason's grandmother on Friday, feeding them, um, calling them. And they just come running, and they're eating. And the Saturday morning, we decided, I'm gonna, I decided, I'm going to sleep in just a little bit. Maybe I could sleep a little bit later on Saturday. We didn't have anything going. But at 7.30 a.m., I wake up to, get on out of here. Get, get. And then stomp, 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 stomp. And so I'm thinking, okay, something's got our chihuahua. Um, she's like being eaten to death, so I walk outside, well, I didn't walk, I ran outside to see a fox running off, and that fox had gotten to our chickens, and they ended up killing three of those chickens, 
And you know, in that, that moment, I was thinking, wow, just yesterday they were following us around as little pets. But today, they're gone. Here today, gone tomorrow. You know, life in Jesus is so much bigger than that. He has given us the, the mind of Christ. In his world, he is omnipresent. He is alpha. He is omega. He is here today. He was here yesterday. He'll be here tomorrow. In his limitless peace, just like his limitless love, his limitless faith, limitless grace, his limitless peace is here today. And so I want to share with you some stories of my life um, that I've faced as, as a mom. And um, it's been, we've had a, a rough couple of years. We've been through some things. But I want to prove to you today that his limitless peace has been available to us through the whole way. <clears throat> Let's read Mark chapter 4, 35 through 31. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, and a furious squall came up, and the waves break, broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. You know, Jesus was trying to teach his disciples about his limitless peace in this passage. You see, everything that Jesus did had a purpose. By him sleeping and ignoring the storms as it seemed, I believe this is what he was saying to his disciples. Can you have peace just in knowing who I am and that I'm in your presence, not just in what I can do? See, the disciples had just witnessed all that he could do. They had just seen him heal a paralyzed man. They had just seen him heal a hand that was mangled. They watched him cast out demons. See, they saw what Jesus could do. We've seen a lot of times in our lives what God could do. But I think that the most important thing that God wanted them to realize was, can you have peace in just knowing who I am? I am God. I am able to calm the storm. But I am God, and I have peace that I want to share with you today. Even when it feels like the waves are coming in, and they're crashing over, and you don't feel like you can make it. See, God had told, Jesus told the disciples in that story, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go from here to there. His mission was already clear. The disciples had already heard Jesus' intentions. But he wanted them to know that his intentions were for them and not against them. How many of you have ever felt like that before? When you're sleeping, you feel like Jesus is just asleep in the boat, and here I am, the storms are coming. Where are you, Jesus? Do you not care? 
I have felt like that many times in my life. But God is so good. So the first story that I want to share with you is this. You can, well, first of all, you can experience peace during uncertain times. That's my first point. And I have experienced that peace in uncertain times in my life, in disappointments. About two years ago, in the fall of 2017, Jason and I began to notice a change in our daughter, Ella Rose. She was this beautiful dancer. She could, she could lift her legs up above her head. She just had this beautiful grace that she moved with everywhere she went. Well, she began to become very clumsy. Her shoulders went, were uneven, and she began to say that her back was hurting her. And so we decided, you know, we need to take her to the doctor and figure out what's going on. So we took her to the doctor, and in the doctor's room, I'm thinking, okay, maybe she's just having something that we could just take care of. It's not that big of a deal, but the doctor takes some x-rays of her, and he comes back in, he says, your daughter has scoliosis. Well, I've heard of scoliosis. I've known people with scoliosis before. And I thought, okay, well, it's not that bad. Scoliosis, we could deal with scoliosis. But then he said, I don't think you understand how serious this is for her. You see, for her degree of curve, if we don't do something about this curve within the next six months, he said, your daughter will experience heart failure and lung failure. He said, it's one of the most severest of cases of curves that I've seen. She went from an angle, a 45-degree angle curve to a 65-degree curve within one month. And so he said, we don't have a lot of time. This is the age. Right now we have to do it. And I thought, okay, you know what? We can deal with this. We ran to our pastor friends. We took her to church. We prayed over her. In our altars at church, we got the elders to come in and pray for her. And me, I was going, I saw God heal another little boy in our church. Same curve. He healed him miraculously so that he didn't have to have surgery again. And I thought, God, you're going to do the same thing for my daughter. I know you are. We prayed. We believed. We prayed again. No change. In fact, it kept getting worse. And so finally, the doctors told us, they said, okay, it's, it's now or never. This is the age that, that you have to go in. And uh, we did everything that we knew. I bought a new car because I'm thinking maybe she can be more comfortable. I mean, just to go from our house to the church, she was in tears, crying of the pain. Her ribs hurt because of her curve. Her ribs were like an accordion bunched together. And every move that she made just grinding ribs constantly. And so finally we said, okay, we have nothing else to do. We're going to go ahead with the surgery. And we did. And I thought, okay, God's going to go with us. He's going to heal her. And eight hours after the surgery, the doctors come, get us, go into the waiting room. I'm thinking, okay, this is over. It's done. She made it through surgery. I walk into the recovery room, and my baby girl is wallering in pain. She's just squirming and, and crying and screaming at me. And Jason, why did you do this to me? Why did you put me through this? You didn't tell me this was going to be like this. And in that moment, it would have been very easy for me to say, God, you're not with me. You don't care. 
you're allowing me to drown. But God wrapped his amazing, sweet, limitless peace around us in that hospital room. And I'm telling you, his peace was real. Because of him, we walked through that season with our daughter. It was not easy. It was hard. But he was still good to us. He was still good to our baby girl. And can I tell you today, she's like, you can't even look at her until she's had surgery. She runs around, does circles around me and Jason. In fact, she will not sit still. She drives me crazy sometimes. She's not in here at first service, so I could say that. <laughs> she is a 13-year-old on steroids, okay? She is an amazing young girl. And God, God is so faithful. And he walked through us even during that hard season of our life. So you can experience God's limitless peace in uncertain times. Number two, you can experience God's limitless peace in the middle of a spiritual battle. You know, Jason and I are foster parents. And um, as if we didn't have enough on us already, pastoring in Alexandria and walking through that season with scoliosis with Ella Rose and spinal fusion, we decided to take in some kids. We, our hearts just bled for our foster kids in our community. God laid it on our hearts. And we went through the whole process. We were licensed for one kid. We got a call one day, and they said, we have a sibling group of six. How many can you take? <laughs> we looked at each other, and we said, well, we can't say one. I mean, they know, they're asking, so we'll do two. So if you'll license us for two, we'll take two. And so they said, okay. So they dropped these sweet little boys off at our house, a four- and a six-year-old. And they were amazing. They were the sweetest kids you had ever met. And I thought, we have won the foster lottery. I mean, like, God has put his favor and shined upon us. We are the best foster parents in the world. And life was good for two weeks. <laughs> we got another call. Their baby brother, who was only 17 months old, was not doing as good. And they said, you know, he's, he's lonely He's not eating. He's crying all the time. We think he just needs to be around his siblings. So we thought, well, you, these, these boys are doing good. What's one more? So we took in a third kid. From the moment that that 17-month-old walked into our house, we were in a battle. I'm telling you, this baby, sweet baby boy, he cried if Jason was not holding him at all times. He wouldn't come to me. He cried if I walked in the room. He cried if I looked at him. He cried if I walked out of the room. <laughs> this baby was in turmoil. And I don't know what caused it. I can't say for sure if it was just because of trauma he experienced in the home or if it was just a trauma of being pulled out of his home. But I can tell you that that baby was under a spiritual attack. The enemy attacks kids that are weak. And let me pause right there. Parents, this is another reason why church is so important to your children. For them to get surrounded by not just mom and daddy praying, but for their, their teachers, their, their nursery workers. I'm telling you, Jason and I have been able to sit among the most amazing church, kids' church leaders ever. And they don't just work. They're not just babysitting your kids. They are praying for your babies. And 
so we brought this baby in. We, we were experiencing a spiritual attack, not just the three boys, but our whole family. Jason, me, our girls, and our three foster sons. We were always sick. There was always some kind of chaos. There was always some kind of um, violence that started to come out of the other two boys that we had never seen before. It was just utter spiritual battle chaos. And so this boldness just rose up in me and Jason because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's about the spiritual forces of darkness. And so we took that seriously. We prayed over those boys. We prayed over their room. We anointed their toys. We anointed their TV. We anointed their breakfast. We prayed over those babies. We went to war on their behalf. And one night, it was the last night that they woke up. One of them woke up in night, with a nightmare. They would wake up in the middle of the night all the time screaming with fear. And I heard Jason in there with the baby. It was the baby this time. And he was just praying and saying, it's okay, buddy, walking back and forth in the hallway with him, loving on him, praying over him at the same time. And finally, um, he was tired. He said, okay, it's your turn. So he passed the baby off to me, and I'm doing the same thing. Finally get him back to sleep, and I'm laying there, and this little baby wakes up, screaming, kicking me. He would grab your throat with just, it was not anger, and it was not hatred. It was just pure self-defense, and he would squeeze somebody's throat in fear. And I just, I don't even know what came over me. I just put my hand on his back, and I said, peace in the name of Jesus. And as I looked over into the corner of our bedroom, for the first time ever in my life, Pastor Mark, we fought demons all the time in Master's Commission New Orleans, but for the first time in my life, I saw with my own eyes this little bitty ugly demon in the corner of my room. And I don't even remember what I said. I was just so tired, but I knew immediately that it was the spirit of fear. And I said, Fear, you leave right now in the name of Jesus. And immediately, that baby went back to sleep. And the peace, the limitless peace of Jesus filled that room. Can I tell you that our kids are in spiritual battles? Our lives is a spiritual battle. And we've got to declare the name of Jesus over our kids, over our families, because that limitless peace is available in uncertain times, in disappointing times, and in the middle of a spiritual battle. And then finally, number three, God's limitless peace is available in the storms of life. Whether real storms, literal storms, or storms that you just walk through, unexpected death of loved ones, fighting at home with your spouse, no matter what kind of storm, hurricanes, tornadoes, God's limitless peace is available to us during those times. One day, my last story that I want to share of God's limitless peace with you this morning. One day I was at work. And you know, in, in Louisiana, it's not like Alabama where we have James Spann. We don't have James Spann in Louisiana. They have a, a weatherman that's just probably interning at the local college. <clears throat> and he was on TV, and he had his mic 
They had a cord on it because we couldn't afford the nice mics and everything. But he said, the weather's getting bad. Let me go see. And he turns and he walks to the back door of the studio, opens the door. Yep, it's getting bad. That was our James Spann in Louisiana. So one day, we're, we're at work. I, we homeschool our girls. And the weather started getting a little dark. And I was raised in Alabama, so I had that inner James Spann alert in me. I knew it was about to get bad. I felt it. You could feel it. If you've been around in, in Alabama long enough, you know that it's about to get bad. You can just sense it. So um, I walked to the office where Jason and some of the other guys were hanging out. They weren't doing anything important. They were just talking about golf, duck hunting, and something else. I don't know. They were just chatting. It was just one of them days. There wasn't a lot going on in the office. But I said to Jason, I said, the weather's getting bad. We need to go home to the girls. Well, he didn't hear me. And so <laughs> Mama Bear took off. I didn't care. I got in my car, and I took off. I was going home to get to my babies. And so I pulled out of the church parking lot. Normally, I go down Cypress Street. But for some reason, I thought, I'm going Trenton Street today. So I kept going. And I went parallel with Cypress Street. And I started driving as fast as I can to get home to my babies. And later on that day, um, after it was all said and done, just to back up a little bit, after the storm hit, the power grid of Cypress Street, the entire power grid was on the ground with live power lines. I know I would have been stuck in the middle of that. God was with me. So I'm driving down Trenton Street... And these big 200-plus-year-old trees just begin to sway. I mean, they're like three to four feet at least in diameter. They are 50 to 60 feet tall. And I'm going, this, this is not normal. This is not normal. These trees are swaying. And I look up in the air, and just a debris of, a, just start, of limbs and all kinds of stuff just start circling right over my head. And before I knew it, I was right in the path of an F3 tornado. I was right there in the middle of it. And so I just start screaming, Jesus! I didn't know what else to do. You know, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. I was screaming in the middle of the storm. <laughs> but can I tell you, in that moment, I didn't know if I was going to live. I didn't know if I was going to die. But Jesus met me right there in my car. And it was like slow motion. I felt like I was in the matrix. I was driving. A car, the tree starts falling right over me. My car barely makes it past the tree before it hits the ground. I'm continuing on my path. A tree starts falling in front of me. And I just put it in reverse. I back up. I go to a side street. And I go down there. And another tree starts falling this way. It was so close to my door that before I hopped out, I had to move my car to be able to even open my door. And as soon as I hopped out of the car, I just started running to the closest house that was there. And it was, the wind was so strong, the homeowners, I don't know why they were looking out the door that day, but they were. They opened their door, and they grabbed me by my shoulders and pulled me inside. In the middle of the storm, God was with me. Literally, in the middle of that tornado, God was with me. The presence of Jesus was with me. 
You know what's so crazy about that morning? My car came out with no scratch at all. It looked like it had ground up leaves all over it. It was plastered, but there was not one scratch on me or my car. He is so good. In fact, my first scratch that I got on that car was in the Walmart parking lot. I just need to start screaming, Jesus, every time I go to Walmart. (laughs) He is so good. You know, peace is not the absence of the storm, but it's the presence of God. Remember Psalm 93. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. He is with us. Jesus was in the boat with his disciples. He was in their presence. They were in the presence of Jesus. He wanted them to know. And today he wants you to know that you can experience his peace and his rest. No matter what your circumstances look like today, no matter what your disappointments are, no matter what spiritual battle you're going into, no matter what your storm looks like today, Jesus is with you. His presence is here. I love how my husband says it. He says, the existence of a storm does not equate to the absence of God. Just because you're going through it doesn't mean he's not with you. Today is Mother's Day at Kingwood. And the leaders and the staff pastors, they understand completely the wide spectrum of motherhood. We found this letter and we want to share it with you today because we want you to know that we stand with you today. Ladies, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what stage of motherhood you find yourself in, we want you to know that we care. So here's this letter that we want to share with you. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who have lost a child, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or runaways, we mourn with you today. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointments, we walk with you today. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, We celebrate you. And to those who have disappointments, heartache, and distance with your children today, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who have lived through driving tests, medical tests, the over raw testing of motherhood we are better off for having you in our midst today to those who have aborted children 
we remember them and we remember you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life that has not turned out the way that you longed for. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on your grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have empty your nest in the upcoming years, we grieve and we rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart forever. And to those who are pregnant with new life this year, both expected and surprised, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what your disappointments, your joys, your spiritual battles or storms look like, we walk with you today. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors among us today. This morning, if you would just stand with me before we move on in the service. You know, I shared some of my testimony with you, some of my stories, my testimony of salvation, I'm very proud of. But no matter what stage of life you are in your walk with Christ, no matter when you began, if you've been serving God for one year, 20 years, or 50 years, we've all faced the storms of life. And you all have a story. You have a story this morning. He may not just calm the storm literally in your life today, but he wants to be the calm inside of you this morning. He wants to give you his limitless peace this morning. And so I want to talk to two different people this morning before we move on. Number one, if you're facing hard circumstances, or if you're in the middle of that spiritual battle this morning, as everybody just bows your head for just a minute, close your eyes. God wants you to know that he's not absent. He's not ignoring you. He wants to give you that peace this morning. If you're walking through something like that this morning and you say, I just need to feel the peace of Jesus, can you just lift your hands? I just want to pray for you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. And number two, if you say this morning, you know what, I've never missed, I've, I've never met that Prince of Peace that you've talked about. I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus or not. I've been struggling my entire life and I can't find peace anywhere that I've looked. But this morning, I want to give Jesus a chance. I want a relationship with the Prince of Peace so that he can step into my world. If you've never given your life to Christ or you just don't know if you have that relationship with Jesus and you're in here this morning, we just want to pray with you as well. And if you can just lift your hand, just slip it up right where you're at. And as our prayer team starts coming down to the front, in just a minute, we're going to go back into worship. And we want to give you that opportunity to meet someone up here. They want to introduce you to the Prince of Peace.
and they want to pray with you in the middle of your storm, no matter where you're at right now, His peace is available to you this morning. And we want to agree with you and we want to pray with you. So as we go back into worship, if you just lifted your hand, just slip out, just sneak out past somebody, just say, excuse me. I love your voice. You can just step out right now and meet somebody down here at the front. We want to pray with you this morning. Now's the time to come on and step out and meet somebody down here in the front that wants to pray with you. You are close like no other. Thank you, Jesus. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. gift that they've made just from them to you and so it doesn't matter if you're a mom or not it doesn't matter what your age is if you're 
12 or 15 or 25 or whatever, if you're a lady, we want you to leave today with a gift. Now, just one condition. We want to make sure we have enough for second service. So if you'll leave with one, <laughs> okay? But we want to make sure that every lady who comes to Kingwood Church today leaves with a gift, okay? Lord, we thank you today for all the special ladies in our life. We honor them today. We lift them up and celebrate them. God, I pray today that you would wrap each lady in this, on this campus in the goodness of God, that they would know the limitless peace in the goodness of God, and they would feel the love of Jesus and the love of this church celebrating them and sending them on. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thanks for coming today.